All right. So <clears throat> today on Chaos Movies, I just really just press pause and I'm f- 55 minutes in to the movie called Unhinged. Uh, Russell Crowe's masterpiece, to be honest, just just 55 minutes worth. This movie literally hinges on him, to use a lack of a better word. The other characters and actors are kind of irrelevant. They just pose as pawns uh, to, to fulfill the need to have people to showcase his ability to perform what he needs to perform. So let's do a little bit of a word association. Unhinged. Definition, make someone mentally unbalanced. The loneliness had nearly unhinged him. Unhinged, other words, deranged, demented, unbalanced, out of one's mind, crazed, mad, insane, lunatic, maniac, berserk, disturbed, distracted, confused, crazy, mental, bonkers, bats, loopy, bananas, touched, out to lunch, off one's head, off one's rocker, potty, and batty. Those are the words associated with the meaning of unhinged. No shit. We've we've, we've seen these movies like... um, he he is is unhinged based on some uh, spoiler alert. Clearly, not really a spoiler alert. Start of the movie. He I'm assuming his wife left him, was cheating on him, and went with another guy. The lawyer fucked him. He lost everything, and you know he becomes irrelevant. Uh, his entire existence has, existence has been judged, and he's out to well set an example for. Well, to no, for retribution, I guess he felt like he was cheated or done wrong. I suppose we've all been down those roads when you, you do a job or you, you meet someone and you feel a little bit um, used or whatever and you get slightly upset within yourself. Clearly, we, most people, don't go down this road. Uh, this movie focuses on its attention to road rage. I'm assuming it's in LA. I haven't really checked, but the traffic is terrible. Road rages are at a record high. So it sort of mixes road rage, unhinged, similar to the movie Roadkill with uh, Steve Zane and Paul Walker. Similar thing there, but that was that was a little bit different. They were messing around with some guy who just was psychotic and uh, psychopath. This one sort of gives you a little bit more context to how easy it is to become unhinged when everything goes against you. I don't condone everything that they portray in this movie in in a real life scenario, but I'm sure in certain parts of the world this has happened before. I just I just don't believe the other characters. Look, the girl, um, the main um, girl that's in this movie, Jesus Christ, I've forgotten her name already because I'm still not all the way through the movie. Uh, she she's. She's not believable. Yeah, she's scared shitless and whatever, but I would have preferred someone like Jennifer Connolly. Like, she's got a fucking nature about her where, you know, or um, Trinity from The Matrix, you know, she could she could probably just put a little bit more into it, but I suppose they really want to hone in on Russell Crowe's ability to, to just become something so scary, so powerful, and so, you know... If you haven't seen it, watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. If you put other high-profile actors around his character, it it sort of will cast a shadow over it. Uh, 
a couple other things like um, Rachel, which is played by uh, Karen Pistorius, and Gabriel Bateman is her son Kyle. You look at the age gap that in, in real life, they're fourteen years difference. Yet he's her son, so I don't get that. I don't feel it. It's a bit, it's a bit messy. Even her brother played. Um, uh, what's his name? Fred. Yeah, her brother Fred. Have a look at his age. He's born in nineteen ninety three. And she's born in, um, well, 14 years older. So we have to do the math on that. Uh, they, they look too young to be brother and sister. And then he looks too young to be his son. But So that, that's, the, that's what I mean. I guess it's all irrelevant. They're just pawns in a chess game to make the king and the queen really stand out. And in this case, we're talking king as in Russell Crowe. He put on a lot of weight for this movie. He had special nutritionists to, to help him gain weight in a safe way because it's really unhealthy. The level of violence in this movie is kind of unpredictable, but once you see the first scene and then the second scene, then you're able to understand that they're just going to level it up. Uh, a couple of other things. The cops are a little bit slow on this. Uh, the, you know, He burnt down a house at the very start and used a fucking hammer. And it, Look, it takes... Like someone strangling someone, in my opinion, it takes a special person to strangle someone because they have to look in their eyes while they do it. And hitting someone and killing someone with a hammer, I reckon that would take a someone really, really psychotic to to do that. That's 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 next level. A hammer would just be the the hardest of weapons, but the lightest of throwing. So when it goes through that human skull or that flesh or whatever, you see all of that at the start. And, you know, just pays tribute to the fact that he's unhinged. So when we, when we move past that and you get into the road rage stuff, we've all felt a bit of road rage. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel good. And you react out of impulse and aggression and whatever. And sometimes if you just take a deep breath and just go, you know, I don't know what this guy or this girl in the other car is feeling today, what they're going through. So I'm not going to overreact because you just don't know. Sometimes it's just about what you do in that moment. So if you just go, you know what, take a deep breath. But Rachel's, you know, getting divorced. Her ex is wanting all the house and she just got fired from one of her clients. She's a hairdresser. So she's acting out of her own aggression. And when she comes across Russell Crowe's big-ass truck, which is fitting because I'm pretty sure his accent is um, Texan. Oh, is it Texan? Like a, It's like a... It's a it's just like a South accent, so he really, he really puts it in there. He puts, I love it when some movies, I suppose, like people have problems when they use a character that's not in that nature, like Russell Crowe's Kiwi, Australian, whatever. Uh, when he does good stuff, Australia like loves him, and when he does bad stuff, New Zealand is where he's from. But I'm pretty sure he's a Kiwi. So they use him in an American role. I'm sure there's plenty of other people that could play this role, but I really take my hat off to Russell. As I said, I'm 55 minutes in and no shit, I've got another 37 minutes to go. It's picking up. He's super smart, which is, which is funny. For someone who's unhinged and doesn't seem like he has a lot of tech background, he really, he, he really is clever in how he tries to let her feel what it's like to have a bad day 
all because she didn't say sorry when she beeped the horn. That's how simple it is. That's the that's the context of road rage. It's like that person's not moving, the light's green, so you give a little tap and it would have changed everything. It's like a sliding doors moment. But in, in this case, he likes to play a game now. He's he's all in. Everything's on the everything's on the board. He is playing all the way to death. Uh there is another movie very much like that, and I think it's um, um, Phone Booth. Okay, so Phone Booth, Colin Farrell, Kiefer Sutherland. One thing I hate about that movie is the fact that when they brought it out, it said starring Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland, yet you never meet him. You only see a very, very light facade of him at the end of the movie. The voice work on that, while Colin Farrell's just standing in a booth, it was a one-day shoot, he did an amazing job. Kiefer Sutherland, he was just on the phone, but his voice was scary as fuck, and he did some things, and he made Colin choose what, who died, what happened, everything, made him release all of his whatevers, and this one is not as deep as that. This one's a moving vehicle, you know, a little bit of game, cat and mouse chase, get here real quick or someone's going to die type stuff. It's, it's different. Uh, phone booth I could do a whole nother review on and I would I would love to do that actually that probably I'll do that next but this one just you know hey I just wanted to lay out the fact that it's unhinged you got to pay pay a bit of um respects to the writer the director I don't I don't know director is uh Derek uh Borte I've looked at some of his things nothing that I've watched that's not you know not to say he's not great but the writer which is Carl Ellsworth. He's obviously the writer of Unhinged. He's the writer of Disturbia. He's the writer of The Last House on the Left, which is the Red's, Wes Craven film. Red Eye, which was amazing. And Red Dawn, which is the Tomorrow When the War Began American version playing, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth. So he's a writer who knows how to be a bit crooked, you know, and I'm completely in awe of how he's managed to pull Russell Crowe in a direction that I've never seen him do. Yeah, we've seen Russell Crowe in Virtuosity, you know, where he's that artificial, well, he's that that AI psycho killer and or digital killer, you could probably say, with uh, with Denzel. Russell's the gladiator man, you know. He's, he's proof of life, state of play. He can do anything he wants. And this movie was the first movie to hit the big screen after COVID had crushed all the cinemas in America. And we all know that when America gets crushed in the, in the cinematic world, then Australia feels the pinch because we don't get to see where we have to wait till them to make it all okay. And this was one of the first movies that came out of the COVID world. And I don't think it got enough play, but then maybe it's because it's very, very niche. It's, it's violent. It's, it's unhinged, it's it's road rage, probably not the best topic to hit the market while COVID was ripping through the world. So it probably didn't get the props that it deserves. But I just wanted to point out that at the start, it it really it really didn't I was about to I was like, oh okay, I'll watch it. Yep, I know it's coming and it's going to get me all on the edge of my seat type stuff, but I was really a bit disappointed with the character choices around the table for the others, but then you soon know that that's the whole point. You don't 
you don't want any other characters to feel uh to to get into your feelings you just want to be able to feel what russell crowe's character's doing to this girl and her family and watch how it unfolds unhinged unfolding road rage story of the absolute maximum brutality get on it real quick i just just thought I'd jump on. I'm going to get back off right now and finish watching it. I'm sure there's more I could have said, but this was just what was on my head and what I just needed to, to lay out. So once again, thank you for listening. Jump on it. Unhinged. Russell Crowe doing his work. Got to love him. Totally kidding. <laughs> I've just popped back in. I just finished the rest of the movie and you know what? I'm pretty happy with it. I, <clears throat> I make a few assumptions about the final section of the movie and you know i guess it's just i guess it just lays out that some people just become like the movie says unhinged and at the end of the day you've just got to be careful because there's psychos out there it's 100 percent american i see i see road rage here in australia or in queensland and i don't think it ever gets that bad they make a point of all the cars in this movie are always moving fast. There's always people not paying attention. They really kind of highlight that as you as you go through. No one pays attention to the lights or the stop signs or the intersections. Everyone's just out to get their own. I suppose when there's a country that's got 340 million people, uh, there's always going to be bedlam, and no one, uh, no one's taught how to take a minute and breathe. Everyone's just out to live their own. The worst thing I think we have here on the coast is that people love to hang in the overtaking lane and just cruise and move out of the way whenever they think they, uh, when it suits them. So, you know, that's that's as bad as it gets here. I'm no one. I've never heard of stories of someone following someone else home. I've heard of people pulling someone over and scare tactics, but those, I've had road rage before. And you know, the the biggest thing with any road rage is that if you're heading home, don't head home. If someone's still following you, you always just keep it calm. But there's there's so many people and so many cars in the States and, and such a lack of police presence that this movie sort of points that out. It's, it's just out of control and chaos. You, I've got to really emphasise how good the violence in this movie is uh, and how kind of different it is. Like... In Roadkill, that was, you know, it was kind of set up. You could you could feel it, see how it was going. Long highway, nowhere to go. This one's around the city streets. They do a really good job of, at the end, in the third act, uh, using a poor, a poor plan of Fortnite. It was a Fortnite plan between uh, her son and her brother about how diversion, distraction, and all that kind of stuff. I mean... Ultimately, I would have just parked the car in the fucking garage and he would never have seen the car, but then there would be no movie. Um, the weird thing was that he, you know, as an unhinged person, I think unhinged is different to a psychopath. A psychopath is a person that could kill a, a room full of people and then go to dinner with his family and then have sex with his wife when he gets home or she. It could be a female too. That's psychopathic. That's totally different. 
a person who enjoys killing for the for the right reasons or whatever they believe they're psychotic, right? In this movie, he's just unhinged from some bad shit that started off. Now he elevates like crazy. And if the BAU was under this, like criminal mind shit, they would have had him in a second with all the tech that they've got. But this guy goes from just, you know, spoiler alert, goes from hammering his ex-wife and I suppose husband. It's irrelevant. They don't really tell you. It's just how it starts. To running over a gas station, dude. And then that guy gets hit by a car. To moving on uh, back to road rage, you know, so he drops down a level. And then he ends up, killing Fred's girlfriend after beating the shit out of her. So, like, let's just break it down a little bit here in the psychosis of any serial killer or murderer or person that wants to do harm. From what I understand with all the things that I've seen and, and, and read and whatever, it takes a special person to do each style of killing, right? It takes a special person to harm a child, to, to beat a woman, to burn someone, to strangle someone. They're all, they're all generally... Any sadist has a preference, and this guy just has all of them. I mean, he fucking does it publicly, brutally, especially with the lawyer Andy at the coffee shop. Shit. He busts his face up, punches the shit out of him, and then stabs him in the neck with a, with a, with a butter knife. That, Jesus. Some of these killers, they work on cats and dogs, and then they move up to the food chain and and then they perfect their methods. That's real serial killer type stuff. And to hurt a female, well, that's a whole nother ball game there. Clearly he's got resentment against his ex who screwed him over. So that's that's it. But to 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 beat the shit out of a girl and then stab her and then the ending, I mean, wow. Tries to strangle a fucking eleven year old boy. He doesn't have kids. He's just out to make sure that Rachel has a bad day. Doesn't add up that part there. You're out to make someone have a bad day. There's plenty of ways to do it. But, you know, at at the end of the day, if we're to take something away from this movie, it's that she's not going to ever honk or horn at another person again. Uh, that lesson, that's not a massive lesson. You can honk your horn at anyone you want as long as it's within reason and if you do have a conversation with that person, you sort of mellow it out and go, yeah, sorry, sir, it's fucking, you know, you were sitting there for too long, blah, blah. Oh, sorry about that. Cool. No, let's move on. But the point he's trying to prove <laughs> and the brutality along the way, that is over the top. But I really enjoyed watching Russell Crowe just, you know, and there was a little funny bit of a trivia she has these scissors. You don't ever see her cutting hair, but I'm assuming she's a hairdresser based on the shit throughout the movie. And the scissors are wrapped in candy cane. To be honest, that seems like a bit of a Christmas thing. And if you're a hairdresser, I've in my sister-in-law's a hairdresser, and I don't, I don't see any or have ever heard of anyone with a pair of scissors that are wrapped in candy cane unless it's trying to play uh, a part. Uh, like an Easter egg towards the movie Roadkill, which um, the call sign on the CB radio was Candy Cane. I found that out in trivia that they mentioned that that was the 
that was the little Easter egg there. You could probably say it was sort of like the pay tribute to another movie that was like, look, she uses the scissors and you could see that right from the start. Those scissors were symbolic. They meant something. They were going to play a part later on. So, and of course it did. I'm happy with how it went. One other movie that I will mention that sort of follows a similar trait, especially with the start, is the movie called Hitcher. Now, I'm pretty sure the main antagonist is Sean Bean. Brilliant, brilliant part he plays, but it's based on a hitchhiker, a hitcher, who's stranded. Clearly, you don't know what, what's going on, but when it's dark and you're on the highway and it's raining and someone's car's broke down and he asked you for help and you say no, you're in your right to say that, but obviously they make a point that um, they picked the wrong person and he goes on in a brutal fashion to to make sure these two people understand what it's like to be rude in a sense to someone in need. Uh, Roadkill, that was more of a game. We've all played it when we were kids, you know, a bit of CB action, you know, always trying to hail the trucks and have a bit of fun and talk to them. Uh, current society, you probably don't do that. Um, not advisable, I guess, but when I was a kid, we used to have a bit of fun on the, on the CB radio. So Roadkill... Hitcher, unhinged, phone booth. Uh, not Last House on the Left, but not even Red Eye. Even though they're written by the same people, it's just those movies have a political motivation. Um, phone booth is more of a, more of a, I don't know. No, we'll talk about phone booth later. I just wanted to jump back on here, psych, like I was finished, but I wasn't because there's plenty more to talk about. I could unravel a heap more shit about that movie with Russell Crowe. I just think this movie was just about Russell Crowe. If it was about anyone else, they would have put someone else in it, but this movie was just about his ability to focus on retribution for past doings that wronged him and what is capable of anyone who's fucking unhinged so you know what driving down the road watch this movie i already know that if someone cuts me off or whatever i'm just gonna go hey you know what i'm okay it's all good i don't know what's going on in that guy's head or girl's head it's all good i'm safe we're fine moving on i've already learned that over the last couple of years through some of the work that i've done so i'm fine but you want what you want another bit of motivation just to make sure you don't fuck around on the road, even if you're in the right. Watch Unhinged. It might just alter your perspective on other people's driving skills and styles. Anyway, that's it. I appreciate it. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll catch up later. Bye bye.